Podcastiness Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Santo, joined, as always, by the camp chancellor, to my Earl Thomas. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, I'm feeling honored. I don't even have a jokey response to that. Just, you know, bam, bam, feeling good. And our very own Richard Sherman. That's right. It's a trash-talking master himself, Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how you doing? You know me, just uh, constantly putting my foot in my mouth and commenting on things that don't need to be commented on it's actually pretty accurate betraying us betraying <laughs> just a little light betrayal you pointing out some some sort of proof and i deny it and then you point out more proof and i say i just want to move on <laughs> i'm done with, i'm done with this i'm done with it uh, right so this this is uh the cornerbacks and safety show if you couldn't tell by the intro but before we get to that there's a lot of stuff that happens that's going on in the world of seahawks uh john schneider doesn't know joe fan's name uh thought he made it up which is great because it does sound kind of sound like a made-up name joe we love love you but that is funny um the uh and then so that that was pretty funny and then and then the, the the rest of the thing here is like so that press conference is pretty good. Things that came out of that, they're like trying to bring so many guys in, and there's not even going to be a, a preseason or a or a, or training camps or OTAs or anything. How are they going to separate these guys? They're going to have them all work out in front of their cameras on Zoom. It's going to be. Uh, it's going to be. They're gonna, they're they're actually heavily considering Kenny Willickies after that backflip video. It's it's uh, it's, it's all going to be who can do the most backflips, man. Who can have the most innovative background on Zoom? <laughs> it is um it is something else right now dude i i don't even know what to what to really make of uh people have them all taking their shirt off they can all compare and flex <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's um it's something else right now because we have like 20 defense linemen we signed our offensive linemen sorry we signed a we got a cornerback off waivers that we he was on a practice squad last year so it's just a like a re-signing got him back um, it, I don't know. It's just, it's just wild right now. I feel like they're just signing all these dudes and then I like it. Cause it's, it feels like we're going back to always compete. Say, but this when, is 2012 all over again. But when do they compete? Uh, they're <laughs> when, competing right now. As you when speak. is, when is the competing? I want the competing. It's, it's all well, the competition already started. It's all in the college draft. Who has, who has the best hype reel? The competition. Uh, oh no. Russell Wilson. <laughs> So, um, so that's what's happening. I think that those are like the main Seahawks stories. Okay, and the other big thing, Jonathan Taylor really wants to be a Seahawk. Do you care, Eric? I don't know. Sure. Um, I think the I think the the question is how much do I care, and that it all depends on who is around when we draft. Not in the first round, but when we after we trade back. Who is available at that at that spot, and then you can ask me the question, Kevin. Do you care if Jonathan Taylor wants really wants to be a Seahawk? Uh, you know, a lot of us want to be Seahawks. You know, you yep. can't you, you can't always. Sometimes you gotta let your dreams be dreams. Um, I don't want to take a running back super high because how high do you want to draft your third or fourth running back? Dude, I'm I'm six foot three. 235, I have 34-inch arms. Sign, sign me, John. I'm ready. Dude, you're practically I, uh, camp chancellor with those measurements. I'm not I'm not fast, but I have everything else. And I can work up to it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Uh, perfect sense to me either. It's like uh, something weird. Something uh, weird is going on. Like, a little old for a prospect, man. I'm just saying. Uh, Jonathan Jonathan Taylor, according to you, you shouldn't draft you. Uh, yes, you shouldn't. <laughs> When don't draft me. Don't use a pick. Round. I'll come. I'll come in as a UDFA. If he, if it's at like, <laughs> even at pick sixty four, it feels sketchy to me. To be honest with you, because we have spent a first round pick on a running back not that long ago, and it, you you can't just keep spending high draft picks on running backs. It's the most fungible asset in the NFL. Devonta Freeman just walks the streets right now. There's no that guy's just available. You can go get him right now. He's he's ready to play. So why do we need to spend high draft pick on a running back? There are guys who made the Pro Bowl like three years ago are just available to so get. Would you guys be mad if we drafted a running back at one of those end of the second round picks? Or is that just not the way you would like to spend draft capital? 
it'd be more it's more disappointing it's more like uh i just don't think they understand the, it's just another sign that our front office our brain trust does not understand how football's played in 2020 how do you feel eric i feel about the same way i would be disappointed with the running back in the first two rounds um probably i mean i don't know the more we talk about this anything earlier than than round four would probably be a little irritating unless it was a total steal um this is obviously a move where the guy wants to up his draft potential and his agent is probably like you know who's looking for a running back and who could take you and where you might fit in um you know because who wouldn't want to play here but I don't know. I, we look at all the needs, and we've addressed so much in free agency. Like when you really look at everything we've done, we've addressed you know what a lot. John Schneider, Pete Carroll, if you're listening, this is the My Three Dads podcast because we're not we're not mad. We're just disappointed. <laughs> we're just disappointed. The, the the thing here's the thing. Okay, is at the end of round four, we have a pick right at the end of round four, right? Zach Moss, AJ Dillon, James Robinson, Rico Dowdle, Anthony McFarland, uh, JJ Taylor. Like all of these guys are gonna all these guys are gonna be available, and they all fit really good on the Seahawks just pick one of those guys if you really have to use a pick on a running back because the delta between those guys and Jonathan Taylor while it might seem really big is honestly insignificant in the scheme of things because running the football is not that good it's good but it's not that good. well, well, well you, I, I think you'd say it's important but it's not important to invest so much in it as you said Devon look Freeman let me just say let me just say this I'm gonna give you a list of wide receivers right here okay uh, T. Higgins, LaVisca Chanel, Michael Pittman Jr., Brian Edwards, Brian, Brandon Ayuk, Denzel Mims, Jalen Rager, Just Jefferson. If any of those uh, if any of those guys are available at 59 and they pick a running back over him, I am going to freak out. And so if you're in the Discord, you will hear it because I will have a literal like conniption. It will drive me crazy. This is not the time to play around. We have the best quarterback in the league. Let him cook. Let him play football. You can get a running back later that will be 85 to 90% as good as the misappropriation of assets that Jonathan Taylor in the second round would be. That's not to say Jonathan Taylor's bad. He's really good, but you just don't need to draft running backs high. You just don't need to do it. Um, it's just, uh, I'm already frustrated just thinking about it. And we're going to pick him <laughs> at 27, and I'm just going to lose my mind. So it doesn't matter what I want. I don't think so. All right. That's why we can't have nice things. All right. Now, cornerbacks and safeties. You ready? Let's do it. All right. Boy, so there we're not, is. We're not going into Clowny Watch? Sure. Clowny Watch. He's not signing with the Seahawks yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's, uh, um, here, I'm going to give you an equivalent. Okay. Uh, so. Um, sometimes uh, my son will really want something or like he has this toy. It's really annoying. It's like the one where you roll it on the ground and the balls pop, you know, and he picks it up and he just slams it on the ground a whole bunch and does a bunch of really annoying stuff. And he wants it really bad. But I put it up at the very top of his closet where he can't reach it. And he cries and cries and cries and eventually he gets over it. So here's the thing. I just don't, I think that right now Connie's having his temper tantrum and he's crying, 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 crying. And is he going to get over it? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. This is this kind of thing has followed him around his his whole career. These maturity issue and um, like when he was at South Carolina, you know, they said like he had to really handle him with care. There was a game where he didn't play because his ribs hurt. I mean, he he blamed it, the coaching and, staff for his lack of production his junior year. Yeah, I'm just I just think there's something um, he wants twenty million, and you know what? Good luck finding it. And when at this point, I think the bridge is burned, and we just need to move on. I think the team will probably give him a deadline somewhere around the beginning right before the draft. And if he's not willing to sign by then or they should move on, they should move on to the next guy, go get Everson Griffin and then make edge uh, picking up, you know, some edge prospects in the draft, a, a moderate priority, wherever those guys land. You know, if we take Bradley and a or Curtis Weaver, or Jonathan Grenard, like in, you know, get some, get somebody with some upside that can come in and play some edge for us. Uh, get a Jabari Zuniga or Khalid Kareem's just it doesn't really matter just get someone to get in the rotation to go with to go with the the veteran in Everson Griffin yeah sign a sign a starter and draft a rotation player all right Eric do you have opinion no news is good news um I think the discord has really kind of summed it up and our thoughts and uh some of just our, our our pals in the discord have summed it up that He's holding out, and, you know, in the past there have been, like, you know, big-name receivers that have held out, and then at the end, boom, they get swooped up for this 
you know, this big amount of money. But Clowney, I just don't see that. I don't know what he's holding out for. Maybe he's just uh, social distancing his contract. I mean, there's teams with Top there's teams the with cap space. I mean, the Browns have cap space. The Dolphins have cap space. The Lions have cap space. Well, all these terrible. And he thinks he's worth twenty million, and the NFL is telling him those, he's not, and he's those not are, accepting it. Those are the three teams that can pay him twenty million: the Browns, the Dolphins, and the Lions. Other teams could do it, but they'd have to cut people. You know, so like the Colts could the Colts could sign him, but the Colts would have to find a way to get rid of you know Jacoby Brissett or just cut him and eat twelve million dollars. That's it, it could happen. I mean, it's possible. I just I don't think it's likely. That's my that's my thought on that. Uh, it's just yeah, he's gonna either come back here for eighteen or he's gonna go somewhere else. Whatever, it's his life. He can do what he wants. I'm I'm just over it. I'm just over it. I want it to be over. I don't care anymore. <laughs> it, my feelings are hurt. Wow, you're done. I'm just done. You're I just it's done. It's cool. We got a. Th- you know what? We got a, a. We needed the pass rusher last year really bad, just like we do now, and we got him for a third round pick. And I think it was totally worth it for one year. To be honest with you, I don't think we gave up enough to justify that and it gave us a leg up in resigning him and obviously that's didn't didn't matter so oh well whatever if he dies he dies the the fact of the matter is he right after the season he's like i don't want to go to no sorry team i want to win and then now the rumors are like he's thinking about the browns and the giants it's like okay dude whatever you say man winning is number one let me go play for the browns or the giants wait what about um give me a break who's the team that was like 10 hours ago they talked about um uh, the Browns have like Tennessee. The, Tennessee's at least good, but Tennessee has to make moves to clear cap now. They they've filled up their roster. Yep. It's oh. it's not like Tennessee can just sign him now. They have to, they'll have to work for it. Yeah, I don't I think, think they, they, they the NFL's kind of spoken on this. I think you're right, Kevin. I, there's a rumor going around too, like the reason that they're shopping Leonard Fournette is not because they want to get rid of Leonard Fournette. It's that they want to show him like, hey, the league does not value you that much, and you're. You don't have you're not you're not uh, in a position of power here where you can hold us hostage, and I think that's totally fair. And I think the same thing's happening with with Clowney. You know, he's trying to hold the Seahawks hostage, hoping that we'll you know chip in an extra four million, and it's just not going to happen. And if we sign Griffin and then he wants to come back on a cheap one year deal, you know, maybe we can make a little bit of room for one year, and then we end up with both. But I agree, holding the door open forever, like you know, we're not. What is it? Red roof in? We ain't leaving a light on for you. <laughs> I think, and I think our front office is smart enough to recognize that even though I did kind of back on them for maybe picking a running back, they're smart <laughs> enough to recognize that at some point you they have, have to, very specific weaknesses. <laughs> you have to, you have to get off the pot. You know, you have, you have to like move on because we can't let one player dictate our whole off season. That's how you get burned really bad. And Griffin is still sitting around, but he even, he's not going to sit around forever. He's going to want to make a decision. And that that guy, I think, I think having one of those two guys is very important to our plan next season. So, yeah, there we go. That enough is that enough clowny talk for you, Eric? That was way more than I wanted. But I, it, I it equated him to good. a two year old. Th- I equated him to a two year old throwing a tantrum. So I'm sure people will love that. Um, <laughs> okay, let's get into the draft. Do you want to do corners or safeties first, Kevin? Let's start with corners. It's a deep group. We got a lot to say. Okay, corners. Okay, there's this is a pretty good corner group. Oh, there's one problem. Everyone needs corners. Corners are like, if you look around the league, everyone needs corners. These guys are going to be flying off the board left and right. Okay, there aren't a ton of guys that I feel like have um, Seahawks measurables. Okay, I would say that list is shorter than um, than Much the, like the their arms. List. The list is short. Yeah, I mean, two of and two of those guys <laughs> definitely. Two of the Seahawks measurables guys definitely won't be there when we pick. Uh, Okuda and and Henderson. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. Henderson probably, and even Henderson's kind of fringe measurables. Yeah, but he, he the Seahawks would make an exception for him. Yeah, he's super but, athletic. But the but those guys will be long gone. Uh, Trevon Diggs might be gone too. Uh, it's it's a it's a weird year because so many teams need cornerbacks, and there's all these guys that that um while they might fit the bill, they just might not be available. So I got a term for it. What is this? It? Is a choose your own adventure cornerback group. Um, what kind of quarterback do you want? Because they have all of them. So, like, Trevon Diggs, if you're running a scheme similar to the Seahawks, he's going to be really high on your board. If you're running a different kind of scheme, he is going to be buried on your board. 
there's a bunch of players like that. Uh, well, Christian Fulton. Well, let's say AJ Terrell. AJ Terrell, I think, is really good, but I don't think he's even on the Seahawks board because he's like 31 and a quarter inch arms, and he didn't do super great in like the change of change of direction stuff from the um, from the tape from the from the yep. from the like the video thing he put out. And I just think while he's probably a starter, he's not a starter for us, you know. So it's it's yeah, you're right. It's like kind of a pick your pick your poison thing. So let's talk about guys that are probably on the Seahawks board though, Kevin. And let's start with Trevon Diggs. Uh, Trevon Diggs, the uh, is he the cousin of stuff of uh, Quandre Diggs or the and the brother of Stefan Diggs? Is that right? I, I don't have this whole thing figured out. I he can is. talk about him if you want to look it up. He he is. I got right. that right. He's the brother of Stefan Diggs, the cousin of Quandre Diggs. Tell me about Trevon Diggs, the cornerback from Alabama. Uh, do you like cornerbacks that are over six one with long arms and um, really good coverage skills? Because if yes. you do, oh boy, I have someone for you. Uh, he's sounds best like a in zone. Yeah. He's, he's really good in zone, um, plays shallow, intermediate, and deep zone really well. He plays off ball. He has the athleticism to hold himself in man coverage. He just has some tendencies that make it kind of like for a bigger guy, he's not always as physical as you would like. And if he's going to get burned, it's probably going to be in man coverage if he like misses his stick at the line. Um, I, I wish he had a few more interceptions than pass breakups. But I feel like I'm always nitpicking when I'm talking his flaws, because in a system like ours, he's he's just really plug and play. I think that the biggest thing I liked about him in terms of being a, a potential future Seahawk is on the line of scrimmage. He really gets his guy off their route. He jams them up pretty good, pushes them, pushes them around a little bit, really strong and long. And I mean, that's the, that's what the Seahawks like in their cornerbacks, right? Strong and long and down uh, to get their friction on. Yeah, so I, I think that if at 27, Tre- Trevon Diggs is like the only guy I could see being both available and see hockey uh, in terms of like prospect fit. And uh, do it. Am I right about that, Kevin? Or do you think that that's a is there someone I'm missing? Um, There's another guy I think is. Maybe, maybe not like I think he's a really good fit for what we do. I think that his measurables are good enough. Um, I'm not sure necessarily at 27, but if we were, if we slid back a little bit, like well, if we end up drafting at 30 or 32, that was my next question. If we, if we go back about 10 picks, is there, so since there's no, you think there's no one for 27, but 10 picks later, who do you like? Uh, Jeff Gladney oh. out of TCU. That's, that's what I thought. You'd and say. that's not who I like. That's who I love. Oh, nice. You love Jeff Gladney. Sub, sub four, five, 40. He has about those 32 inch arms. Um, dude jumps out of the building. Uh, his change of direction skills in the combine were worse than his change of direction skills on tape. And, you know, the tape don't lie. Uh, this is a guy who is, he's a track guy. He has that elite speed. Um, he's really good in man, better man than zone. But uh, I feel like he could be coached up in zone. He has really good burst, really good range. He has that ability to bait because he's so quick on closing to the ball. His ball skills have gotten a lot better. Um, He's good in run support. I think he's a very complete and interesting corner who could also play nickel as he gets ready to transition outside. One thing I liked about Jeff Gladney as as I watched him is that he's 23 years old, so he's probably not going to see a lot of athletic development with him, but his footwork is is still kind of not – as good i don't think it's a finished product at all um he he cheats a little bit and then gets to make up with make up for it with his like you said kevin elite speed uh and so in the pros coming in learning the kick slide and getting his footwork cleaned up a little bit he could actually make a jump in our system more than maybe in uh in another system i like him i also i also like him um you're right he's he's kind of gonna get picked in a range that we don't have a pick right now in that 30 to 40 range and uh, if we slide back, that could definitely be someone that they're they're looking at, hoping falls into where they where they're going to pick. Um, is yeah, there any... I think there's one other guy who makes sense in that spot, but I would rather not see us get him. Uh, a lot of people are going to tell you Jalen Johnson. That's not my guy here, and I could talk about why he's not my guy, but I'll let Nathan do that because he's also not Nathan's guy. Um, um, Noah Igbenogany out of Auburn is one of those guys where his measurables and his athleticism are really good, but the tape doesn't match. He's a willing and physical tackler. He has some return skills. Um, He has pretty, he has the physical tools for like mirroring backpedaling and coverage, 
but his technique is raw across the board. He's a project. It's just kind of an odd place to take a guy like that. Um, He's a little short too, isn't he, Kevin? Yeah, he runs about 5'10", but we've gone down in that range before if he has the requisite arm length, which he does. My Jalen Johnson thing is just that he's he's not he's not fluid. He's not athletic. He uh, he's he he's he grabby. Need, he needs to let. Yeah, he's just grabby. He he's 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 really long and he looks even longer than he only measured 38, 31 and three eighths. And when you watch the tape, he makes plays that with his length that make you think he's longer than that. So I expected um, like elite elite uh, jumping and, uh, you know, change of direction stuff. And then said, I just simply got good and so i i think if he's there he for me jalen johnson is like a third round prospect and he's gonna get picked in the second round and that i I think he might go as like i think he might go late one even Uh, and i think that's 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 some some reach um i like like it's it's a i'm in like with jalen johnson (laughs) i'm not in not not in that spot um so as we slide slide down the draft now we're getting into the the late second the third round uh, who are we looking at here? All right, I've got, got two guys that I really like. Can I go first? Because I only have one, so that Take way it, you'll, you'll always have one. Bry- Bryce Hall from Virginia was that, was that yours? Uh, that is one of my two. All right, sweet, good. Um, Bryce Hall, thirty-two and a quarter inch arms, six foot one and one quarter inch uh, height. He um, the estimated forty yard on him was like four four nine. It's pretty pretty good. He he's faster than you think he's going to be, but same same thing. He could clean up his. Um, his technique with the flipping his hips and the backpedaling and stuff. And so there's room for growth there, but with the length and the the size, you know, you could see him come in and I don't think, I think he would be at least as good as like Trey rookie Trey flowers was right. So could be a good developmental project. Someone we bring in that has really, really, really high upside. He was yeah, a preseason, I, preseason all American last year. Didn't, didn't really deliver on that, but could have, um, you know, still really good pedigree. Yeah, he only played half a season. He had, he had a pretty significant ankle injury um, against, I think it was Miami, in week six or seven. And he got and that surgery, right? the rest of the season. He got surgery, which is why he also didn't test to the combine. Well, he did um, bench He did bench press and did really bad. Yeah, yeah. Let's, that's, <laughs> let's not talk about that. He, got, he did 11, which is not the best. The big thing is he's like tailor-made for cover three schemes, mm-hmm. which we do cover three schemes. Yep. Um, he's really good for... Like he uses the boundary really well. He has a very good understanding of his body, um, and he has really good ball skills, which I know both you and I love. Good ball skills on a corner. All right, uh, late or your third, third, thirdish round guy. Okay, so this is a guy who I th- I'm thinking is probably closer to like 101 than like late two, mm-hmm. and that's uh, Amik Robertson out of Louisiana Tech, and this is a guy where if we draft him in our scheme, we're drafting him as a pure slot guy. Okay. So uh, I know yeah. there's some hesitation star cor- on that. Star cornerback, right? That's what they call it now? That is correct. And yeah. here you're talking about a guy, he's 5'8", 187, has 30 and a fourth inch arms. Um, he plays up in his size big time. He's extremely physical. He's really disruptive in man coverage. He uses his quickness really well. He gets inside the body of the receiver. And you see him muscle people out for the football. You see him knock people off of their routes at 5'8". Um, if he was three inches taller and two inches longer, he's a top 20 pick. He was extremely productive in man and zone. Um, by all statistical measurement, he is one of the premier coverage guys in this entire draft. He's just 5'8 and played for Louisiana Tech. There's another thing, too. He had a tendon reattachment groin injury last at the end of uh, last season that made it so he couldn't test at the combine i do yeah. think if a meek robinson tested at the combine that would have given him an opportunity to kind of rocket his his uh draft thing up um for him all american in 2019 too i mean just a really talented player uh i think that that i think if he comes in and would have tested good right he's a third or fourth round prospect and maybe the seahawks are willing to make kind of make a jump there at the at the fourth round to get a guy that could kind of come in and compete with ugo for that that uh, star cornerback position and he could be one of the top in the league, in my opinion. Like, I think he has a ton of potential. When you say top of the league, do you mean overall corner or just in that nickel spot? I'm saying Chris Harris is a ceiling. Okay. 
You know, he he could be really good. I don't know if he has the elite speed. I would have liked to see the testing numbers, right? Because on tape, yeah. on tape, it comes and goes, and he's playing against lesser competition. So I'd want to see him have an opportunity to to do it. Yeah, you're All doing right. some arithmetic where you're like, well, he's stride for stride with that guy who ran a four four seven. You know, you have to kind of guess at it. If I guessed, he would probably ran like a four five, which would yeah, I would think around there. Around. All right, let's go with our late round darlings who are the seahawks going to be looking at in the late rounds kevin all right so a guy who's i'm going to give you i'll start with a middle late so this is probably round four or five mm-hmm. um michael ojemudia out of iowa he's a six one he has 32 and a quarter inch arms around a four four five his change of direction numbers were pretty good at the combine especially his three cone um he's comes from iowa where you are not allowed to not tackle so mm-hmm. he is a very willing and physical tackler. He can handle bigger receivers. He gets his hands on a lot of passes. He could clean up his ball skills as far as picking them off. But he's definitely good at getting a hand on it or getting in at the high point of the ball and knocking it out of the receiver's hands. Um, I just think that he's a really good fit for our system. You know, ran a four four five. Uh, 6.87 three cone, which isn't like great for a cornerback, but it's good for this class. This class uh, was second out of the 15. Um, yeah, and I think he's he just once again, he if he takes Seth forward with his footwork, he could be really good. So that another guy that would be perfect to bring in, teach him, teach him Pete, get Pete in his ear, teach him how to be the great corner that you like. He know you know he could be, would be awesome. Um, Kendall Vildor is a guy um, that I think they'll look at in the late rounds. He's 32 and a quarter inch arms, which puts him on the Seahawks draft board squarely. But he ran a 4 4 4 40, jumped almost 40 inches, broad jumped 133. He's he's um just a really good, he's a little short. He's five foot ten. But I think that that with the long arms and the and the vertical jump, it kind of makes up for for that. And this is someone you could see us bring in. And he'll clearly be a backup in the first year but that's okay. I mean, the, with the pick that we could use to get him, he could definitely um, use the time to learn like the traditional NFL style playing defensive back. And I would, I think it'd be good. So, yeah, I would say another guy like that's Harrison hand at a temple. Who's going to go pretty late. And he's five eleven. He has 31 and three quarter inch arms. He ran a four, five, two forty. He draw, he jumped 41 inches in the vertical, which is really, really high. Like for the record. Um, mm-hmm. 133 inch broad. Uh, he is really good in shallow and intermediate zones, but he doesn't have strong technique in deep zone or man coverage. Um, and it's again like footwork. He needs to clean up his footwork to make up for because at four five two in the forty, he doesn't have makeup speed. So he's got to have really clean footwork so that he doesn't get beat. But he's really physical really athletic he should have good explosion and so i think some of those technique cleanups you could end up with a guy who plays above the ability that um he's going to come in with he's another guy who might have to sit for a season be like our fourth corner and a good special teams guy like fildor all right um who are some you have other one? uh let, i'm just gonna bring up some long-armed prospects that uh people should keep their eyes on these guys this next guy i'm gonna say i don't even think he'll get drafted i think that he'll be uh priority free agent but he could definitely be a practice squad guy for the Seahawks next year someone they look to develop that's the carriers uh but everyone Bo Pete everyone knows him. Bo Pete keys he's got like a great name so everyone, <laughs> everyone knows all about him uh really good size but uh not a lot else so uh that that's why that's why he's a priority free agent that, yeah, that's a guy to keep got to keep an eye on yeah yep I would agree with that um, I got Madre Harper out of Southern Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a six-one. I think 30. it's Mad- I think it's Madre. By the way, is it Madre? Sorry. Yeah, no, uh, okay. Madre Harper. Well, maybe he is, man. I don't know. He could be amped. <laughs> you know, he knows that the Seahawks are looking for long arm corners, and at thirty-three and seven eighths, he could just yeah. bulk up and play left tackle with that kind of length. Yeah. So he ran a four. Uh, so all of his times are going to be from pro day, um, or actually, I think they're from the East West Shrine game. Um, he ran a four four two forty, which would have been hand timed, but it tells you he has in the four four range. He had a forty inch vertical, uh, one thirty four on the broad. He had a six eight eight three cone, and uh, four two seven uh, four two five shuttle, 
which is the types of measurables we're looking for. Um, he has really good size and length, as I said. His straight line speed is really good. Uh, his problem is, um, like, he's a really good tackler, and he plays well in off zone, but he needs to learn man technique. He just wasn't really asked to do it because he didn't have to at Southern Illinois. And then uh, I don't like his pursuit angles. He's a guy who will take a bad angle to the ball. And uh, so he just won't be able to make plays that he should be able to make. And so you might spend a sixth or seventh round pick on him. and He doesn't develop, but you might spend a sixth or seventh round pick on him. And he ends up being a huge value. Yeah. So uh, that's, uh, that's basically it for corners. I think, do you, do you, is there anyone else that you want to mention or Eric, do you have a secret guy that you uh, scouted for no, us? I mean, I, I think, what was it like our second to last podcast before we went into quarantine over at your place? Uh, mm-hmm. The, uh, someone had asked like who is eric's draft crush and i was like you know the the uh the guy from alabama is the only guy that i really care about right now and which is trevon diggs but if if he's gonna be there at 27 that's i don't know that's a miracle but i don't know how likely it is but also i didn't i'm sorry it's seahawks football if we pick in the first day i'm gonna be like what is going on so you wanted to trade with us dang also, um, look at our roster. I mean, when we did that show, cornerback was a pretty big need. Right now, it is not a huge need on this team. And uh, even if we took digs at that spot, it would be like, huh, okay. I don't, I don't really understand this pick. Uh, I'm kind of falling out of love with that just because I'm looking at basic needs. So yeah, when um, that, picking that up round guy is who I'm probably looking at. Amik Robertson. Uh, picking up a start. Picking up a starting level corner for a fifth round pick kind of made it less necessary for sure. Turns out that's really good. Getting a starter with a fifth round pick. Turns out that's a turns out that's a good roster move. And there's yeah. there's two now there's two guys we have to resign next year. But you know if if one if Dunbar or Griffin whichever one's you know playing at elite level you just get that one or if they're both playing at elite level you know you try to find room for both of them because having two good corners is kind of the future that. And you try to manufacture pass rush through through having good coverage, right? That's yep. that's more uh, more likely or a little easier path, I think, than trying to sign a bunch of Khalil Max. <laughs> I do want to throw two more names at you, okay. uh, real quick in the corner class before we move to safety. I talked about Amik Robertson because he's the one I like the most. Two other guys who might go in a similar range are John Reed out of Penn State and Josiah Scott out of Michigan. And those are two other guys I think could be extremely effective as um, nickel corners. As nickel corners. Okay, sweet. Get on that corner. I like it. All right, safety. This year's safety class is kind of led by uh, six guys. There are six guys that have kind of cut themselves apart from everyone else. And then, uh, and we might be looking at any of those guys at 27. They might all still be on the board. Three of them might be gone. It's really hard to tell, and it really depends on what draft boards you look at. You know, some people have Xavier McKinney, Grant Delpit, Antoine Winfield. They have all those guys in the top 20, you know, and some draft boards have them as low as 40. There's a big range available for these guys. So it's any of them. The Seahawks could pick any of these guys. So I think we got to go over all of them. So let's start with, um, well, let's start with the podcast favorite. How about that? My chosen son from many months ago, uh, Ashton Davis out of California. Uh, Ashton Davis is a track star, ran her under 10 meter hurdles, made the national championship. Um, he's going to run a sub four, four. I like Ashton Davis because there are a few single high, true single high guys that can cover as much ground as Ashton Davis. He's pretty remarkable in the amount of ground he can cover and his ability to kind of read the play and react to it takes really good angles, um, closes down on people. And I think, is it just an, a, an elite safety prospect in this draft? think he's a little under the radar still. Um, generally have, see him around like 40. Could be a really good candidate for the Seahawks if they trade down from 27 into the 30s or 40s as a true single high guy. Uh, I think there's a little helmet scouting happen with Ashton Davis. People haven't caught the memo that uh, Cal has really good defense. And so he's a little forgotten for that reason. He also didn't get to do all the athletic testings, which um, he would have blown those out of the water. Uh, people are, I mean, have this really weird thing they're doing with him where 
if you draft Ashton Davis and try and turn him into a box safety, A, you're dumb and you're bad at your job. But B, he's not going to be very good at it. But just like draft him to be a single high or a like yeah. two high free safety, and he'll be really good at that because that's what he can do on a football field really well. Yeah, he had a lower body injury that required surgery at the end of last season, so he only did the bench and did bad. <laughs> but he's not. I I don't think you sign Ashton Davis for how much he can bench. Uh, you watch him run, and you know. And if you know if you want to get a forty time for him, just time some of his track events. You know, like you can get a really good idea of how fast this guy is. Yeah, I he think has he official have, times. <laughs> I think he would have ran sub four four. I think he would have ran in like a four three high four threes, which is um, which is definitely something I'm interested in as a guy coming in to be a, a single high safety for the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, so, I think uh, his ball skills could use a little polish. He plays the receiver more than the ball sometimes, and uh, he can't. Like he can't shed. He has some technical things to polish up in coverage. He was a walk on. He was a track first guy. And that shows a little bit, but he's like, he can come in and play a starting role on a defense right away. And he has things he can get better at too. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's Ashton Davis. Where do you so, go to the other center fielder? Hey, before you go any further, where do you see that guy going? 45. He's, he's gonna go somewhere between 25 and 60 yeah there you go that's nice <laughs> nice nice range there the the right we'll call him the range finder right here he's, he's got a nice <laughs> wide give him to cast a nice wide net make sure you don't miss uh <laughs> yeah it's a joke but i think nathan and i both agree on that and it was kind of what you alluded to at the beginning like all these guys um like let's talk about uh xavier mckinney real quick because okay. he's not a good fit for the seahawks because he's a box safety but he could go as early as like late teens to the Raiders or as late as like 35th. And mm-hmm. it wouldn't be really surprising any which way that goes. I mean, they had Xavier McKinney play some deep safety. You can find it on the tape. Yeah, it's um, not good. I just don't think he's he's not um, he's not quite athletic enough to do it. He just a four, doesn't six, have range and change of direction. It's just not ran there. A, he ran a four six three, uh, which is you know not great for safety. But he takes really good angles. He plays really good. I think Xavier McKinney has the potential to be a really, really like impactful football player. But you have to use him correctly. You play in our system. He'd be like the robber, the bandit. You know what I mean? Yep. He'd play that role, and he'd be really good at that too. Um, I don't know if that's something we need because I think we have a couple guys on the roster right now who can play that role in pretty well. Quiet Quandre would, would excel in that role, and I also think that so so would Brad. So it's not something that's really important to me. And I would even go as far as saying that uh, your guy, our second rounder, uh, Blair. Marquis Blair. uh, I think think that's what Blair's destined to do. You think they drafted Blair to be a bandit? And so if they Uh, did. I think seeing how he developed, that's where he's going. If you think that's what's happening, then Darren McKinney would seem like a misappropriation of resources. He is good, though. Don't get me wrong. Um, I think that, yeah, he just needs to land in the spot that exemplifies his skills. So other uh, center fielder that Grant Delpit. So yep, that's about. the other guy, the other top um, end center fielder. Grant Delpit, um, I think he made some business decision tackles last year, and I try to like ignore that a little bit because um, it makes it makes it hard. There are some he has games some where Juan Alexander level missed tackles. There are some games you watch for him though, and he he gets he gets burned sometimes, and he misses some tackles, and he's he has things that he needs to refine, and but. The thing that sets him apart is I think he could come in in a lot of systems, and even if he's not ready to play single high safety, he could step over the the slot wide receiver and cover that guy. So that's pretty. I'm gonna go a step further. I think that's he pretty has, good. I think he has Earl esque range. Yeah, he, he can break on a ball and go from the right hash to the left sideline while the ball's in the air, and there's tape out there showing it. Like this is a guy who has. Uh, a mile of range i think he is he could be a special center field safety um his ball skills are excellent you just gotta you just gotta go over tackling with him and let him know yeah. that he's getting paid to do it now yeah and the the, ta- the tackling thing and the he's re- his processing is really good too and that's part of like being a single high safety is diagnosing what's happening and then go like attacking what you think what, what's happening and how smart he was especially in the 2018 tape is like you see it you see it over and over again you know this guy is a, a very intelligent the 2019 tape is worse and i don't know if you know they people say he 
he fought through ankle injury for most of the year. And yeah. that's why he doesn't look quite as good on his 2019 tape. And that I think that might be a fair assessment. And that 2018 Grant Delpit, if he was there, would probably be a – if he played the same season two seasons in a row, probably a top 15 pick without anybody thinking about it. So could be great value if the Seahawks pick him up at like 27. This is the guy that I think if he's there at 27, the Seahawks would really have to look hard in the mirror and think about taking him. I agree. I think he's the guy who plugs into that single high spot and kind of lets the rest of the defense flow naturally. Yeah. Even though Ashton Davis is my favorite son, Grand Delpit is better. I'm, yeah. will, I'm willing to take take the L on that one. Uh, so you brought right. up processing. Do we want to go with the guy who maybe could play center field because of his processing skills? Yeah, so Antoine Winfield. Yep. Antoine Winfield is is, is pretty small. It's five foot nine. But he ran a lot faster at the combine than I think people expected, and it moved him from the second round into the late first. Um, for the Seahawks, I think he might still be a, a second round prospect, but he if we trade back and in, in that to that 35, 40 range and he's still there, Antoine Winfield would be an awesome pick. He's he reacts so quickly, he gets downfield, and he he has change of direction stuff's actually pretty good on the tape. He can he can move really well. He flips his hips and he can close on guys. It's just um, you know, I didn't think he had elite speed, but then he ran a four four five. So maybe he's better than I thought, right? He's also um, a five nine thumper. Like that dude hits. Yeah. So, um, um, and I would say his ball skills are only limited by his height. Yeah, he's like a, he's he, a. If he can get his hand on it, he has really good ball skills. He's a uh, dirt bag, a dog. I don't know how what 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 uh, <laughs> what 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 thing you want to use. Uh, but well, he's got yeah. a little that Earl in him. He'll hit you and let you know it. Now, you the know. things that things that might drop him down the draft boards down into that 35 to 45 range, uh, two season ending injuries in 2017 and 2018. That's uh, that's concerning. Uh, that's something I think you have to account for in your evaluation of him. But on the plus side, you know, obviously he footballs in his blood. His dad was Antoine Winfield Sr. So so that's not that's a that's a positive. We could assess Seahawks legend Antoine Winfield, right? Didn't we sign him for like uh, preseason uh, preseason? Yeah, three weeks <laughs> okay. part of a preseason. Um, yeah. All right. There's a, yeah, he also does offer value as a returner. He's another one of those guys. That's a name we've been floating on this podcast for over a month. Um, yeah. It's, I'd say between him and Delpit, those are the names that really get me excited. And frankly, the names that I could see us picking early. All right. So those are the big four. And then I think Jeremy Chin is someone that people are excited about from a Seahawks perspective. Cause they look at the body and they think this could be the next cam chancellor, six foot three, two twenty five. 32 and an eighth inch arms, really big, uh, long arms. Four, four, five, 40, 41 um, inch vertical, 138 broad, athletic freak. 40, 41 inch vertical, athletic freak for sure. I'm just going to say there's a reason this guy is at Southern Illinois. I mean, he's, he's a late bloomer and he, I mean, he missed games in almost every season. I'm, I'm nervous about Jeremy Chin in general. That being said, if he's there in the third round, you absolutely take him. I was going to say, no he's qu- that guy. No, like, no questions asked. If you take him in a three-digit draft pick as an upside guy, that's the guy like you cash in your chips later, and you're like, yeah, I was the smartest GM in the draft. Look at that move. Yeah. But like, he's also the guy who you draft like 45th and then takes like eight career snaps, and you look like an idiot. Yeah, definitely has an opportunity to get hurt. I think that... Anywhere in the third round is fine with me, so that'd be like a number higher than sixty-four. You know, I think that's a okay. I can totally dig that for Jeremy Chin. Anything late earlier than that, I start to worry a little bit. There's some red flags for me. Uh, that's it. That's that's my Jeremy Chin review. So should we go with uh, Kyle Duggar, the other athletic freak? Kyle Duggar's twenty-four, dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He is. I always bring up people's ages, but he's pretty but old. He's he's six-one. He has almost thirty-three inch arms. Uh, he ran a four-four-nine forty. He did 42 inches on the vertical, 134 on the broad. His testing numbers are dumb. Yeah, his testing numbers are dumb. He, yeah, he's fast. He tested man. pretty well for a point guard. Like, yeah. <laughs> and he played really good in the senior bowl, too. Yeah. I just say that. Uh, I so, will say, though, tape draft, uh, tape scouting him was really weird. Like, the note that I put on here was he looks like Ed Reed against a high school team. Yeah, it's really. But he was difficult. also playing against a high school team, basically. I mean, these are the games that we watched. Okay, we watched Kyle Duggar versus Tusculum, Kyle Duggar versus Mars Hill, and Kyle Duggar versus North Greensville. 
I mean, I don't know how much. Now, I'm if it was South Greensville, <laughs> it's just how much can I really I get know. out of that? And I feel like this happened a couple years ago with the guy who's on the Chargers now, the bat, uh, the safety. Um, he went to a small school. He looks really the good guy on from the Delaware. Uh, yeah, uh, Adderley. Yeah, except and Adderley I, was actually playing as a higher level competition than Duggar even. Yeah, I know, but I mean, like sometimes guys, when you watch the tape like that, it, it's it is difficult, more difficult to evaluate, I think, than others. So I I could see Kyle Duggar all over this draft, but at, if like at the end of round three, I think I'd be cool with it. It'd be fine. Yeah, two, super super good uh, opportunity. But I think at he's the, probably a pure box safety, which again, I think we have three guys that can handle that really well. At this point, um, I think that the quality of of uh, safety drops off a little bit and you're really these are the guys you take in the first three rounds and then after this there's um there's some darts you can throw so what are some darts you'd want to throw kevin all right i'm gonna i'm gonna name a guy who i think when i look at him i don't see a player a lot different than ashton davis but okay. he's a guy who's in a way different spot on draft boards for a legitimate reason all right, let's hear it. Uh, Kenny Robinson. All right. Kenny Robinson played for West Virginia in 2018, and then he ran into some academic issues, had an academic suspension at West Virginia. Um, he entered the transfer portal, but then got a chance to play in the XFL, played for the St. Louis Battlehawks. Uh, six foot, 204, 31-inch arms, didn't do athletic testing, but you can get a pretty good idea of his athleticism from watching his tape. You watch him at West Virginia. You watch him in the XFL. He's a guy who has a really quick backpedal. He's got pretty pretty darn good lateral movement. His straight line speed is good, and he's a ball hawk. He's one of those guys who maybe he, he's in that Quandre Diggs category where he doesn't have elite range, but he has a really good read and nose for the football that gives him next to elite range. And so he's a guy who, if we were able to get him late third, which I think is higher than a lot of teams have him on the board, but anywhere from 101 on, I think he could be a guy who outplays his draft position by a mile. Yeah, Kenny Robinson Jr. I think is a good dart throw. I agree. He, played, he held up against a more adult competition, you know, in, in the XFL, played, played some really good football, which I think might show a path for other guys too to the NFL if they another, you know, league like that opens up. Um, all right. Both of Utah's safeties, Julian Blackman and Terrell Burgess, I think are pretty decent. So yeah, I think Burgess I a, is a good nickel guy. I have a hard time separating them, except because I always get them confused in my head when I'm thinking about them. <laughs> but um, I'm just gonna say this: they're both guys that are probably definitely on that are definitely on the Seahawks board. We we watch Utah. We drafted two Utah guys last year. Utah has a good defense, and I think that they both are um, worth keeping your eye on. Uh, I don't want to say anything because I don't want to get them mixed up anymore. You want? I can add a little bit. Okay, Terrell Burgess is five eleven. He's got short arms, but he ran a four four six forty. His athletic testing was pretty solid. Um, I think that he plays best downhill, but he's too small to be in the box. So he's probably like a third corner or like a nickel player, which is still like really valuable snaps on a football team. So he's a guy where if you're taking him fourth round or out later. Um, the type of value he has could be interesting. Like he's just a, he's a really good football player. Julian Blackman, I have a little bit harder of a time projecting. He had a cornerback to safety conversion and he's still trying to figure out how to play safety. And the conversion was not as clean as you'd like, because what I see is that his coverage skills didn't play very well outside, but he doesn't really have great man to man skills right now for a, uh, like for a corner role. So he's probably playing too deep safety, which isn't something we play a lot of. I think, I think he could go somewhere and have value. I just don't know how valuable he is to us. Um, him and Alohi Gilman are kind of similar that way for me. All right. And then um, do, do you have any uh, late round darts you want to throw out there? I have one. So do you want me to go first? <laughs> so you don't take it on accident. Take it. All right, Josh Metellus, is that how you say this, Kevin? Oh, uh, yeah, out of 38, Michigan. 38 straight game starter. Um, I feel like there's so many guys that were just like this in this draft where they, um, they're they run stuffers. Yeah, he's, he's just a, a box safety. Box safety. 
uh, he did 20 reps on the bench, which is great for a safety broad jump to 124 inches. He's one of the only five safeties did the three cone this year. <laughs> and he, and he didn't do yeah, that. Reason. And I think that he, he lacks the, the foot kick quickness and change of direction that I think you'd really want to see for, from a safety. But if, if we're drafting him to come in and play box safety or backup box safety, I think that's a, a great move. And we can pick him up in the late rounds, be a contributor on special teams as well. All right, Kevin, who you got? Who's your All right, I'll give, you, uh, I'll give you a rundown of quick notes on a bunch of guys because I think there's a bunch of guys that are like limited but interesting value. Um, J.R. Reed out of Georgia. He's got good size. He's got really good length. Um, his athleticism is solid, but his instincts and his ball skills play really well on the back end. He doesn't have elite speed or burst, but he is really interesting. He's like, he's probably a box safety uh, and a big time special teamer, but I could see him developing enough to play back end a little bit. So he's interesting. Gino Stone is out of Iowa is basically a nickel corner masquerading as a safety. His athleticism is not what you want to see at all. His ball skills are amazing. So he's one of those guys that could play a ton of inside zone and be really good for a team that's zone heavy, which we kind of are. Um, Alohi Gilman out of Notre Dame is again a box safety. He doesn't have the athleticism and quickness that you want to play high, but he could play in the box or maybe some nickel stuff. Um, Miles Dorn out of UNC is a potential free safety, but he had a knee injury his junior year that lingered into his senior year. So it's really hard to assess how much range he has. And that was kind of my last guy. Uh, Miles Dorn's a guy who could even end up being a UDFA and could end up being a good fit for the way we like to use uh, deep corners or deep safeties. I mean, Eric, do you have a secret guy or do we hit it? Do we, no, man, we hit it. Um, honestly, like the first two names that we talked about or first three names, I guess are the only ones I'm, I'm really into. I, I don't want to pick a safety late unless it's some sort of steal. I'd rather get that safety early. That is a, a position of, of need, something that we could shore up for years to come. I think or if we get it early in the draft, um, that's kind of where I'm, I'm getting really excited. If we, like, we have not traded out a pick or two before we get to the pick. I'm, and, and these, uh, like, like Delpit sitting there. Yeah. Delpit sitting and, there. I'm going to, it's going to be like the time that Sam, uh, San Diego rather, uh, back when San Diego had a team, uh, took, took the love of my life. Um, Der- Derwin James. James, which, which may not be the love of my life anymore, but <laughs> But it was one of those things like I was really I was looking forward. I was like, dude, we're getting Derwin James. This is going to happen. And then I I still kind of think that he he may have been on the Hawks board and he was just taken uh, because that trade happened just like that. But uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes Uh, this this year, though. It's um, it's definitely Delpit, Delpit one and everyone else third round later. All right. (laughs) There are thanks. uh, That's it. Uh, There are many ways to support the CSNS podcast but the best way to do so is to head to patreon.com slash seahawks nest for as little as a dollar 24 a month be like our new patrons augustine ben jason join the join the discord this thursday we'll be watching the draft together we'll watch in horror as the seahawks trade out again it will be fun uh we'll be in the voice channel chopping it up um i might even put the the, the nfl network thing on in the stream so we can we're doing live predictions so when oh, the yeah. pick comes up, we're all going to say who we would pick. And I'm actually going to track it. So if you want to be in there, I'll, I'll keep Ooh. track of it. And we'll see how you do Kevin, drafting for the Seahawks. Kevin will see who the best predictor is. Uh, all right. Uh, thanks to Carrie, Lucas, Tom, James, Timothy, Nick, Frank, Brandon, Brian, Michelle, Flactimus, Keith, Mike, Brett, Kieran, Bob, Richard, everyone else who's in the Patreon. You guys are helping us out. And if you're in the Patreon, you haven't joined the Discord yet, go now. Get in there. Start chopping it up. The um, Finally, if you don't have any money, there's other ways to support. Go to iTunes. Leave a review. Head to uh, head over to the old, uh, you know, wherever you find your podcasts. Google Play, Spotify, um, wherever you get your podcast. Give us a, a nice review. Five stars. Um, or, tell, or, you know what? Send me a message on Twitter. Tell me why I suck. I'm, I'm down. I'm ready for it. Come at me, bro. Okay. Uh, suggestion. Streaming suggestion. Eric, we have not seen you in a whole week, and me and Kevin have been giving out streaming suggestions all week. So I feel like you've had plenty of time to come up with something. So now's your chance. Time to shine, buddy. Oh, well, I got, get, I got, get, get so in I got here. suggestions all day. All right, let's hear it. 
if you want to go classic, um, streaming on, uh, for those of you with a Roku, um, I didn't really think Roku was a big thing until I got one for Christmas. And then I was like, oh my gosh, why do you, why do I even have cable? Uh, you can stream heavy metal, old animated weird <laughs> favorite. And I found that and if you don't be- remember, make sure your kids aren't in the room because this that's is, an awkward watch. This is really correct. And, uh, I don't know. It's, it's pretty choppy and weird, but I don't know. I had a lot of nostalgia rewatching that. I chose to rewatch it. It was on and I was just like, you know what? I just have memories of this. It's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> it's pretty that, choppy um, and weird, but I don't know is a perfect review. Don't add to that. That's speaking good. of weird, uh, I did get to watch the lighthouse, <laughs> which, uh, uh I'll be honest okay. with you. I loved, I loved that movie. I thought it was great. Um, I can see why Nathan didn't like it that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that might be the most pretentious movie I've ever seen in my life. There's uh, I would I don't, say that. I don't think so. Um, it's got a lot of, uh, you know, there's some some Robert Pattinson uh, uh, self, uh, self-indulgent self sexual scenes, which, you know, Nathan is kind of was in a year where he had a lot of that, watching High Life and The Lighthouse and the Twilight movies. So I get why Nathan didn't like it. Um but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that movie, guys. And I really want to argue with people and with the word ye now. That's like what I really want to do. So that's uh that's two for me. Okay. All right. Uh, Kevin. Yep. All right, I'm ahead. up. All right. Uh let's see. Um this is kind of difficult. There's so many things, and I'm also trying to remember what I've already recommended because right, I foolishly forgot to keep track. Go for it. Okay, so I um know probably people i heard south by southwest is doing a partnership with amazon amazon prime video will give you free streaming for this event you only have 10 days to watch it there are 39 titles and it starts april 27th and i'll probably mention this one more time before april 27th we might only do one more podcast before then so i will probably mention it in the next podcast but um april 27th the that is the the plan i I'm most excited about watching two things. There's an episodic documentary called Cursed Films about the production of notoriously cursed horror film productions, including The Omen and Poltergeist. Excited to watch that. That's also, awesome. there's, an, there's a series called Motherland Fort Salem, which is set in an alternate America where witches ended their persecution by cutting a deal with the government to fight for the country. They use their superhuman powers and supernatural tactics to deal with terrorist threats. I'm down for that. Super down. Uh, if yeah. you don't have Amazon, Tales for the Loop is going to be in it too. That'll be pretty cool. And then there's a short that I'm pretty excited about. It stars. Uh, let me see. Man, I had it queued up, but then I scrolled down to the episodic thing so I could remember the names of those and lost it. So you know what? Just trust me. There's there's like a bunch of shorts, and uh, yeah, it should be should be pretty fun uh, to just get in there, watch like 30 short films and a couple of like new TV shows that look kind of exciting. So there you go. Kevin. All right, I've got three foreign films. Two of them are on Canopy, and one of them's on uh, Amazon. If you have had the discussion with us before, if you are a longtime listener, you know our standpoint on Old Boy. Old Boy is a movie you should not watch frequently, but it is one of the greatest revenge movies of all time. Uh, Park Chan Wook, uh, 2003, not the American release. Uh, ignore that that exists. Well, the two other movies that make up the Vengeance trilogy, uh, Sympathy for Lady Vengeance is currently streaming on Canopy, which you can get with your library card. And Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance is streaming on Canopy as well as for free on Vudu with advertisements. So if you have not seen the other two movies in the Vengeance trilogy, I think that they are worth a watch. Kevin, I wanted to watch that uh, Sympathy for uh, Mrs. Vengeance. It appealed to me like four years ago, five years ago when it was streaming, and I never gave it a chance. So this is good news for me. Yeah, I would give both of them a try. I think they're. I don't think they're as good as Old Boy, but I think that if you could get behind what Old Boy was doing, you can get behind what these do. All right, you guys ready to to get out of here? Yeah. Let's do it. So uh, for Kevin Garber, for Eric Ronimick, we will see you guys next week. And uh, go Hawks. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey.